As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like a full line of Kumo tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. All from TireRack.com. TireRack.com. It's the way the tire buying should be. Traveling for college hoops this winter? Pro tip, stay at a graduate hotel. They're obsessed with college basketball, just like us. Each graduate hotel is like a shrine to the local team with lots of cool details for alumni. Nods to school colors, mascots. Why would you stay anywhere else? They have 30-plus hotels in the best college towns. And get this, you can save up to 30% with the code DOUG. That's my name, D-O-U-G. Good at any graduate hotel, any location, up to 30% off. Book your basketball stays at graduatehotels.com. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio, which, of course, is brought to you by Farmers. At Farmers, we've seen almost everything, so we know how to cover almost anything when it's game time. Have an experienced player help you stay ahead of the game, put their experience into play at Farmers.com. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Um, last night, as the world turns in the soap opera of the NBA, the Boston Celtics, who, of course, were mired in a nasty little losing um, vortex, pulled themselves out, pulled up their bootstraps and went in and whooped up on the Warriors who did not have Clay Thompson in fairness to the dubs. But but the 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 drubbing was just that it was an epic and complete beatdown. 
and it was helped by 30 points from Gordon Hayward. 30. I thought he looked spriteful. I thought he looked athletic. I thought he looked like, well, Gordon Hayward, who was an all-star two years ago, who was the prized free agent acquisition of the summer two years ago, and a guy who had missed all of last year after playing two minutes before breaking his leg. That, that's what he, he looked like the guy before he became the guy who was coming back from injury. And then I saw this stat that Boston, the Celtics are 18 and two in the 20 games this season in which Hayward has shot at least 50% from the floor. 17 of 22 in games in which he doesn't 17 and 22. Seems pretty easy. Get Gordon Hayward going and we're a better team. Oh yeah. Hey, we pay one guy $25 million a year or so when he's effective, we're better. Huh? Marcus Smart said this. It makes our team even better when he's the, the confident Gordon. And he's playing like the Gordon we know. The man keeps working and working. And even though things aren't going for him, he continues to work. He doesn't quit. And that's why we're so, so optimistic about getting the old Gordon back. Because we see how hard he works. Al Horford. When he has these big games, we all feed off him. He's such a good player. We're just better. When he plays at that level, we're just a better team. It's really interesting on how sometimes we focus on one thing, on one guy, and we lose focus of the whole or of another key factor. It's fair to point out that the Lakers, as much as LeBron hasn't been the same, he hasn't had the same energy defensively, he hasn't been able to carry this group. I've told people all along that because of the construct of this team, not having Lonzo Ball has been a major, major deficit for the Lakers. And you're like, Lonzo Ball can't make a free throw. Lonzo Ball's not a good shooter. These things are true. But when your superstar re requires some help defensively and you have an incredibly young, versatile defender who's also a good rebounder who, who can generate offense and momentum and and pass the ball up the court, get other people involved, make everyone else better, he becomes more important than his stats would tell you. Th this is the case in so many sports. We're, we, we're so focused on Clayton Kershaw and what he does in the seventh inning that we lose sight of the fact that, well, maybe the story is actually that the Dodgers' middle relief or the fact that Kenley Jansen hasn't been as good in the World Series the past two years as his stats would tell you they should be. I, I completely understand that Kyrie Irving has some body language issues, some issues with being a hypocrite and saying he doesn't want attention when all of his actions scream for attention. When he doesn't want to talk about the future and yet he doesn't want to commit to the present. I get it, but it should also be pointed out and, and credit Rick Buecher. He joined us. We've had a long discussion. I've talked about this in my all ball podcast. Like, look, they're they're They've been trying to play Gordon Hayward more minutes than he deserves for nights like last night. Cause they know what he has in him. This, by the way, is why you need a true believer, a rabbi in the room. This is it. 
And if you don't have that, you're never going to get the, the benefit of the doubt. Like, yeah, do guys on that team believe in Gordon Hayward? Sure. They know he was an all-star. They know how hard he works. But that's not why he's been getting all these minutes and all these opportunities all season long when his play hasn't earned it. It's because he's got Brad Stevens. Brad Stevens has known him since he's 16 years old. Brad Stevens was there, and he was with Brad during Brad's first year as a head coach. They are boys. They are tight. And while sometimes that works against Brad Stevens in terms of how they deal with the Gordon Hayward thing. Like, you know, I got to be really critical of if I get on Gordon Hayward because he's boys with Brad. Even like he's like a son to Brad or a brother to Brad. I got to be careful. All that's accurate. Like the Hayward thing is the bigger thing with the Celtics than the Kyrie thing is. Just the Kyrie thing is out in front of us and it distracts us from all this other stuff. You go back to the downfall of the Lakers dynasty with Shaq and Kobe. If you, if you go back and remember, they were playing the Pistons in the finals and Carl Malone got hurt and Rick Fox got hurt. <laughs> you know, you start suffering, you start suffering injuries. I mean, you go back to when Magic Johnson lost to the Celtics in the NBA finals. Byron Scott got hurt. You go back to, you go to, I, I've said this for a long time. When the Cavs came back from three, ga- three games to one deficit to the Warriors, it should be pointed out, not only did Draymond Green get suspended, but Andrew Bogut got hurt in game five. Here's how important Andrew Bogut is. He ain't played in the league all year. The Warriors, knowing that he's finally in good shape, went out and just re-signed him because he's a great passer, great teammate, good rim protector, and maybe the best illegal screener in the history of the NBA. And if that gets Steph Curry two extra jump shots a game, he's worth his weight in gold. That, yeah, LeBron and Kyrie were amazing. And sure, Steph Curry struggled. And there was the, the chase down block and the made three. But, but we, and we do remember the suspension of Draymond Green, right? Draymond Green getting suspended for stepping over LeBron James, which is really a cumulative suspension. It was kind of a joke in re- in reality. That helped it, and so too did did Andrew Bogut getting hurt. Even last year for the Warriors, everybody points out Chris Paul getting hurt. That's accurate, but no one has said you know Andre Iguodala wasn't wasn't healthy in the Western Conference Finals. Anytime they had Andre Iguodala, they were in complete and total control. Anytime they weren't, guess who the Houston Rockets were going after defensively? Jordan Bell and Kevon Looney and Quinn Cook, the guys who were replacing that one missing piece in the lineup. The cliche expression is, you're only as strong as your weakest link. And whether Gordon Hayward is their weakest link or whether he's just a guy who everyone knows has it in him and the Celtics are going to continue to get it at, try and get it out of him until ultimately he gets back into form, knowing that this is the, this is the exact same path that Paul George took when he suffered the exact same injury four years before. But whatever it is, the story of last night was not Kyrie Irving and his leadership. It had nothing to do with whether or not Kyrie has finally gotten the attention of his teammates. It's that Gordon Hayward, who's an all-star in the loaded West 
and was the number one free agent prize two off seasons ago. Looked like Gordon Hayward last night. And when he does, the Celtics might just be the best team in the NBA. And when he doesn't, they're just another team. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Traveling to watch college hoops this winter? No, you got to stay at graduate hotels. They're obsessed with college basketball just like us. Each hotel has a unique look, inspired by the local team and its traditions. And as a sports fan, you'll really get graduate hotels and all the cool specific design details. Chapel Hill, Bloomington, East Lansing stores, they're all in hometowns of some of college basketball's most iconic programs. And the hotels bring you into that story with every visit. Why would you stay anywhere else? Graduate Hotels has over 30 hotels coast to coast, down south, all over the Midwest. So the odds are there's one out there where you're going, especially games and big conferences. Check out all the graduate locations at graduatehotels.com. And when it's time to book, get up to 30% off a stay with the code DOUG. That's my name, D-O-U-G. Good at any graduate hotel, any location, up to 30% off. Go book your basketball stays at graduatehotels.com. 
Hey guys, Mario Lopez here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit biotoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. He's Charlie Cashley of the NFL Network. He joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Not much going on, Charlie. Not a, not a lot. We'll have to dig out some things to catch up on, huh? I guess so. A quite quite a couple days, huh? <laughs> so uh, l- let's let's get to the the Kyler Murray. Um, I, I think what happens is people think that there's some inherent bias in whatever reporting or a- analysis. Um, when when you poll teams on Kyler Murray, about how many? How many different league executives did you speak speak to? Well, first of all, uh, we're talking about probably two different things. I had a poll before the combine where I talked to 21 teams, okay, uh, high-level people. And um, I said, give me your top four quarterbacks rated in order. At the end of it, it was basically a dead heat. Haskins had 10 votes. Murray had nine and a half. Um, Jones and Duke had one. Lock and Missouri had a half. And that's pretty much how the, it went there. So that's uh, – that was it. You know, after this, I talked to more than two teams. I'll leave it at that. Um, and just, you know, tell me about the interviews for all four quarterbacks. And surprisingly, uh, you know, Murray did not do that, do that well. Uh, when you summarize it, areas of leadership, work ethic, uh, and then what the questions they asked him on the football board all were not, uh, were more questions than answers for him. Wasn't very good, but apparently. Um, yeah, now, that, we have now to one, put that one in perspective, thing, though. Yeah. To put that, that's an interview. That's a 15-minute interview. Nobody is going to make a decision on a 15-minute interview. What I did was report on the 15-minute interview because I thought it was something that, you know, was interesting. Um, teams are going to go through a long process in the spring. There are quarterbacks that have won playoff games that failed 15-minute interviews. So there's a lot more to it than that. And Friday on up to the minute with the NFL Network, 1-2, to two, I'm going to go and show how this guy can be successful in the NFL throwing the football. That segment was set up long before we had the thing yesterday. Um, I see now I read what you reported and what I found that I do think some people missed on was you and you tell me if I'm wrong, but you said it was the worst that there was the worst they'd seen for a high level quarterback prospect. So where does that where does that cut off? Because, you know, people said last year that Lamar Jackson was very nonverbal, was was far behind. Um, So what in terms of. Because you, you, I think you contextualize it with for a high-level quarterback prospect. Is that for the top prospect in the draft? This is the, the worst interviews uh, of its kind. Is that how you would contextualize it? Well, high-level to me is a, a top-ten pick, we'll say. Okay? Um, now, what has to happen is this. Lamar Jackson, they, they went with an option offense. That's what, and, and they were successful. And in the end, you know, the Chargers caught up with them uh, and defensed it. Uh, I think you've got to have the right offense for Kyle Murray. Everyone said that. What is the right offense? That's what I'm going to show on the show on Friday. There is a right offense where this guy can be successful. Uh, I thought on tape the guy was phenomenal. Made all the throws, strong arm. Obviously, he's mobile. 
Um, you know, did a nice job to me on accuracy. Thought he read defenses pretty good, as simple as the things he might have seen. So, a lot of positives on tape. The system is key for this guy to be successful. I think everyone knows that. So the point is, not everybody's going to take this guy. That's one thing that could happen here. But I, 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 if Arizona doesn't take him, I'll be surprised. How can you find out somebody's leadership in 15 minutes? That's that's what people ask. Well, you can't. But you can't. But uh, you can get a, a feeling of how the guy carries himself in the room. Okay, there's a certain way you carry yourself. Uh, certain the way you you know answer questions. Uh, that you can say, I'm not sure this guy, how this guy is going to fit and run an NFL team. Uh, I train players for the combine, train over 100 players a year. This guy could not have been trained for this interview based on the, the things that I, I was told. Charlie Cashley from the NFL Network joining us in the Doug Gottlieb Show. How much of it is the juxtaposition with Dwayne Haskins, who apparently performed really well in these interviews, and how much of it is the juxtaposition of Kyler Murray versus Baker Mayfield, who... It was like a like a savant at the whiteboard last year. Is it the is it how much of it is the comparison to those two? You mean the comparison to Baker Mayfield and Haskins? Yes. I'm no, gonna, I don't think Ky- I don't Kyler think, Murray. Think Kyler Murray. Kyler, Kyler Murray being, being measured up against Dwayne Haskins. Kyler Murray is an Oklahoma guy being measured up against. Like, hey, last year we had Baker and he was unbelievable. And this year we got this guy and he's quiet and he's not nearly the same at the whiteboard. Do you think that plays into it at all? Um. Yeah, it, it, I, I divide my answer to two points. Number one, no, each one is not compared to another one in that individual session. However, I think it's logical to compare uh, Mayfield and Murray coming from Oklahoma. And uh, what I was told is that you know Mayfield is ahead of him in all the areas that we talked about, as far as the, the work ethic, uh, you know, the handling the board stuff, um, and, and leadership. Now, leadership may come in many different ways, but um, that that's the stuff that has been told to me by multiple people, too. Charlie Cashley joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. What were the reports on, on Dwayne Haskins, a guy who threw 50 touchdown passes, a guy who also only started a year in college at Ohio State, and th- their offense was not, not necessarily a pro offense, but he put up some ridiculous numbers and is more of a pocket quarterback, bigger size. What were the reports on, on Haskins? Well, you know, a pocket quarterback. Uh, the, the 40, I don't think people... They may have been a little surprised that, but four nine five might have been the guess anyway. So he's over five. Not a big difference. Sharp on the board though. Sharp on the board. Yeah, he he, he did very well there. Had a good grasp of what they asked him and the questions they asked him. That that came back from all the people I interviewed. Charlie Cashley joining us in the Doug Gottlieb show. Just you you mentioned for Kyler Murray, it's going to depend upon the system. There is this assumption, and I think some of it we hear, we repeat that we what we hear from the league, but some of it is we're in media people. We like to think that there's an evolution taking place. Should be pointed out that Tom Brady won a Super Bowl from the pocket. You know, Phillip Rivers from the pocket. Like, you can get, uh, I, I know Mahomes can, can stretch the pocket, but it's his ability to make all the throws from and sometimes out of the pocket. Aaron Rodgers as well. Like, has the league changed that much, or is it more we, we, we desperately want want to see more mobile quarterbacks but those mobile quarterbacks don't have they still don't have a long shelf life what's the reality to it well one thing has changed is shotgun shotgun is used as a primary formation by a lot of teams that that hasn't that 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 has changed there um things evolve the run pass options in the game but there have been other revolutions too and teams depending upon who the team is sometimes defends that better uh, than other teams but teams know how to defend it let me say that um so anyway i think that uh uh, as far as the evolution goes, um, I think the shotgun, some of the run-pass options, those are the types of things that I see. Now, again, you're right. Pocket quarterback, 
they're the ones that have won the Super Bowls. Um, we're getting a little closer now because Mahomes, uh, who ran more of a pocket offense than an option offense, but he made a lot of plays outside the pocket. Sure. So, uh, uh, but I wouldn't. I still consider him a pocket attempting to be a pocket guy, and and time will evolve. Uh, but we haven't seen a true option type guy, um, and I'm not sure we will see that. Charlie Cashley joining us in the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Um, you mentioned that there were there were other quarterbacks. How far is the drop off after those top two in terms of your evaluation and others' evaluation of the quarterback position to date? Well, Murray's kind of an outlier. It's either you love him or we're not going to take him. All right, so let, let's assume uh, Murray and, and Haskins are up there. Okay, Haskins and Haskins is and Murray or Haskins who's traditional is ahead of um, you know the Duke kid and, and the Missouri kid now. Here's the thing. Um, I think that uh, uh, the Duke guy, I think that guy, middle of the first round, the Missouri guy, I, I, people talk about it. If somebody takes him in the middle of the first round, I think that's going to be a reach. I think he's more of a later first round guy, top of the second guy, top of the, top of the second round, excuse me. Yeah, I'm not, but, but like your, it sounds like your expectations for a Drew Locke, for a Daniel Jones, is far less than that of Dwayne Haskins, right? Like it's, there's like a. Well, there's a. Yeah, I guess I didn't answer your question the way you wanted. I, I I see, I like Jones a lot. I think Haskins has a bigger upside, uh, and Jones may be where he is because of the system, and he masters the system now. I don't know how much better he's going to get, um, but I, I, I like I like uh, Jones from Duke. I like him a lot. I think he can win with the guy. Charlie Cashley from the NFL Network, longtime front office guy, of course, long time with the NFL Network as well. Kind enough to spend some time with us here. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. The Pittsburgh Steelers are basically, it's like running an auction, right? By Friday, all bids are in. Um, what, what do you think of Antonio Brown and what will have to be done to make sure that, that the off-the-field nonsense doesn't drag on the field in whatever his next stop is? I don't know if there's any guarantee about that part of it. Um, but to answer your question, you'll have to make him the top-paid receiver in football so he can um, get away from that. But Tyreek Hill is about to be paid, so you may uh, wait a little bit longer and, and, and uh, you might be able to solve another problem by him saying, well, I'm going to be one, I don't want to be two. Uh, and maybe that's, maybe that's what his people will want you to do in that situation. Um, I think that uh, he's got to be with a team with a strong culture. Uh, he can't be with a young team. I think that's going to be where his best success is going to come. Uh, he's got to be with a coach that can, can deal with him. I think Gruden, and I'm saying everything about that theoretical team, Gruden's team isn't that team, but Gruden's coached some different personalities, and he has a quarterback, and he probably only cares about how many balls he catches anyway. What about Le'Veon Bell? What's what's I mean, aren't we looking – we watched Todd Gurley, and I, I know Todd Gurley suffered a knee injury in college, so maybe it's a little bit different. Maybe that's where some of the arthritis set in. That Now that's the report that he's got a bit of an arthritic knee and, and he just took too much of a workload. But, you know, they give him a huge deal, and in the first year of a new deal, he's already had to have some limited carries and was, wasn't the same guy at the end of the season. What do you think the overall value is going to be for a Le'Veon Bell who hadn't played in the season but was as dynamic a back as it was in the league before he sat out a year? Uh, excellent question. Um, obviously, I, I, I don't really know the answer, and I see the point about Gurley, and that could be a hesitation with teams. You know, taking running backs on a second contract, um, 
you sometimes don't finish the contract, but it's free agency and there's teams that need money and have money. So I would, I would think you'll get a contract north of Gurley. Um, and I don't know what we're buying. Uh, the guy in Pittsburgh was a good player who wanted to play, was enthusiastic, was not a problem. Nothing like Antonio Brown. He's had a year off. I take him a while to get back in. His age is good enough where he should be able to still be productive. Um, I'm not sure you'll get the whole contract out of him. And what he's going to want is his money up front in the first two years. So if you have a lot of cap room, it works good. You'll eat, you'll, you'll eat up some cap. He'll make his money. And in year three, you have no liability. So that's kind of the contract I see getting uh, a set here. Uh, and he'll, he'll make his money because teams can pay it in free agency. But I, I would take Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, I, I would take it, Mike. I think my question would be at, at what price? Charlie, great information. Uh, really appreciate you joining us, and thanks for being our guest on Fox Sports Radio. Hey, great to be with you, Dan. All right, that's Charlie, uh, that's Charlie Cashley of the NFL Network. Check out the NFL Network on Friday, 1 p.m. He'll have a breakdown of Kyler Murray and what will make him successful in the National Football League. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. I actually like Antonio uh, uh, Antonio Brown to the Raiders. I do. This from Ian Rappaport. Uh, it's a little bit more on what you heard from Dan Beyer. Pegging teams involved in talks remains elusive and fluid. Rappaport added three new teams have jumped into the fray in the last 48 hours. While the Jets and Cardinals are out of the competition, the Raiders have been uh, one team consistently linked to the Antonio Brown rumors. So what in what uh, Ian Rappaport's reporting, others reporting is that, look, all bids are in by Friday. You know, you, you've, you've called, you've made, eh, what will we offer? Like, look, and, and people do this in real estate all the time. You, you list something actually low, like a low price. You know, you list a house for $500,000, knowing it's a $600,000 house, hoping to get a bunch of bids. And then once you get the bids, then you go back to all the bidders. Like, look, we got a $600,000 bid. You know, if you want to go up. All right, and then final bids. So this is just a bidding process. That's all it is. And this is the Steelers going like, all right, final bids. We need them in by Friday. And I, I think the Raiders make a ton of sense. Now, do I love the idea of paying Antonio Brown more than any wide receiver in the National Football League? Not really. I mean, rewarding his type of behavior only empowers his type of behavior. But I'd like to see how the contract is structured. Remember, the Raiders have a ton of cap space. ton of cap space. And one of the things they have in Gruden is Gruden has a nine more years on his contract. You're not, you're not running the coach out of town. The Raiders have also sat, you know, historically sat players even in their prime. I mean, um, Marcus Allen, obviously, you know, he crossed whatever he did to end up crossing, you know, ownership back in the day. The fact is that Al Davis sat him in his prime and played Bo Jackson instead. Some off the field stuff. But, but more than anything, I think that Gruden's tenure, Gruden having won a Super Bowl, Gruden having dealt with unique personalities before, like a Keyshawn Johnson back in the day, he'll draw on that. Gruden can say like, look, we had Jerry Rice in the second phase of his career. He was incredibly successful. We had... Uh, we had Tim Brown in the second phase of his career and look how successful he was. 
I mean, if, if the idea is we had Le'Veon Bell, we had Antonio Brown, we keep Derek Carr. I, I don't think this is where you want Kyler Murray, though. The rumors of he wants Kyler Murray, like, yeah, I don't want a rookie quarterback. I want a veteran quarterback. And I want somebody who knows how to get the ball out. And if if you look at what many people believe the Raiders will do in the upcoming NFL draft, right? It'll start to make some sense to you. If Josh Allen is available and you sit there and go like, okay, here's what they did. They had to pay Khalil Mack $90 million guaranteed to keep him. So instead, they trade him, get two first-round picks, and one of them is Josh Allen, who may not be as productive but younger and a fraction of the price of what you would have had to pay for Khalil Mack and a ton of talent. And then with the money that we saved, and we also trade away uh, our top wide receiver, and with the money that he would have making, $14 million this year, maybe we pay $17 million this year to get Antonio Brown. We got a better, Antonio Brown is better. Right? Does anybody, anybody want to argue that Antonio Brown is not the better wide receiver of the two? Of course not. Of course not. All right. So I look at it and you go, well, you know, look at what what Gruden would be able to do. Get a better wide receiver, get a younger uh, rush end, and get a better running back than they had, and then use all the rest of the picks, all the rest of the cap space to fill in all those other holes, especially on the defensive side of the football where they were not very good, continue to fix that offensive line, and you have yourself a much better football team immediately. Do I have questions about the culture stuff? Of course I do. But the culture is established by the head coach, is established by the quarterback. And though Derek Carr has been up and down as a quarterback, nobody questions his his ability to be the right dude off the football field. And John Gruden is the unquestioned leader in that locker room and in the front office, and he's not going anywhere for nine years. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. He's a writer. He's a friend. He's a podcaster. He's a longtime NBA reporter. He's Rick Buecher from Bleach Report. Um, you were the one. You were like the first one nationally to point out like, hey, Gordon Hayward's kind of the key to this whole thing with the Celtics. I'm sure you felt a little bit of vindication, but how much different is that team when Hayward looks like he looked last night? Yeah, I, I was there live watching it happen and certainly he was a contributor and there was a flow to their team and you didn't feel like you were trying to go that that the Celtics were trying to go out of their way to feature him or to get him going everything was happening within the flow um I I just I don't know how much of that was the Celtics uh Doug to be honest and how much of it was the Warriors uh as far as just you know you got two teams that are trying to prove that they can be what we ultimately expect them to be. Uh, Obviously, the Warriors failed the test and the Celtics passed it, but how much of the Celtics passing it was the Warriors (laughs) failing it so miserably? That's the part I'm still trying to figure out. It's a great point. Um, I've been a skeptic of DeMarcus Cousins because Mm -hmm. he does not fit the way in which they play, and he's never played playoff basketball. 
and, and he's going to be asked to do things that I don't, I don't know if he's physically capable of doing specifically defensively. Like that's a hard one to, to try and hide him or guard ball screens completely differently with your center. Yeah. Um, how much of some of their issues is trying to figure out what the hell do we do with DeMarcus cousins? They just signed Andrew Bogut. They just pulled a guy from yesteryear out of Australia in order to give them a big who understands how they want to play and to possibly get something out of the five position. If that doesn't tell you the level of alarm on the Warriors' end of things uh, as far as what they are and aren't getting out of uh, Boogie, uh, I don't know what will. And, and the thing is that, as you pointed out, and this is what really, really bothered me, it bothers me even more now than it did then which is everybody throwing their arms up. Oh, my goodness, they're adding another all-star. It's so unfair. Do we understand what an all-star is? Do we understand that not all all-stars are created equal? An all-star is someone who's selected, at least in part, because the league wants to distribute the fandom and the accolades in the league so you know it's really hard you got to be really good to get multiples you know if, if there's a guy who's having a good year even if it's on a bad team chances are he could be an all-star and it's for what it's for 50 60 60 games regular season games that gets you to be an all-star and i don't do any of this to discount what demarcus cousins has been and is capable of but just to say they're adding another all-star, oh, my God, uh, it's just it's wholly unfair, goes right past all the things you just mentioned, which is, okay, well, he was an all-star over here on a team that never made the playoffs that played a, as him as the centerpiece, which, by the way, gets you the numbers that gets you into all-star status. Right. And now you're putting him into a team that's supposed to be playing for a championship, and he's supposed to play a, a role and in a completely different system. And, oh, by the way, he's coming back from a torn Achilles. The idea that they were adding an all-star, I'm sure you can tell. Like, it infuriates me that anybody was singing that song and suggesting that somehow the Warriors had gotten over on the league. It ignored everything else about the picture. I, I completely agree. I said it at the time. And I also said, and like, you know, and the other part is, how he handles it when he's not playing at the end of playoff games because yeah. they finish playoff games with their death lineup, right? That's, that, that's, that's what they do. Yeah. Um, what do you make, you know, KD continues to be, he was trying to be, you know, corporate yesterday, trying to not take any, what he called bait, I think. But man, it's tough to watch him in a press conference. Is there ever going to be a moment to which he lightens up? Yeah, that's a good question because as of right now, he's that's not the mindset of KD. KD is very much in the mindset of, I'm going to say what I want to say. I'm going to speak my piece. And the more that people kind of try to back him up on that, I think the more, uh, the more provocative he's going to be, the more stubborn he's going to be in saying, I'm not going to try to be PC. I'm not going to try to, uh, you know, to, to mollify what I say. And uh, the, you know, the other part, though, is, is like being around the team, being in the locker room, and somebody else pointed this out to me, and, and I, I paid attention to it, is that 
you know, last year he and Draymond were really tight, and there was a lot of interaction between KD and, and the rest of the team the, for the, the, the last couple of years. Um, this year is really different. He is, you don't see, and I'm not around the team on a daily basis, so keep that in, in, in context, but I don't see the same interaction between him and other guys on the team. And he, he has his locker in the corner, and it's kind of the KD space. And it's just different. Uh, and and his it, it feels as if he is keeping everybody at arm's length, and that's the team included. And I don't want to read too much into this in spite of all that I've heard, but if a guy is making an exit, uh, he wants to start breaking those bonds sooner rather than later. It makes it a lot easier to step out that door if you've already edged toward uh, the exit. Is New York still still the destination? I would, I from everything that I know, yes. I'll put it this way: the you know, people that I talk to in New York are, you know, they're quietly confident that that if uh, you know, it's, it's basically he. This has a. a a happy ending with Golden State, and that convinces KD, you know what, I want to stick around, I want to get some more of this, and uh, then that happens. But if he is of the mind that he's going to go someplace else, New York seems to be very confident that that's the place he's going to land. Rick Buecher joining us from uh, Bleacher Report. Let's get down the coast where uh, people continue to, uh, we can basically call the season, Discuss the Lakers. And today LeBron said, like, hey, look, these guys are really young. Look around the NBA. Look at the playoff teams. None of them have young rosters. You know, basically four or five of our top eight or nine are young guys, second or third year in the league. What do you expect? Um, he's playing the we're young card suddenly. Yeah. What, what's, what's interesting is, I don't know if you saw this, Tom Habistro, he, he tweeted out a video. The, the tandem, he has the lowest... Uh, plus minus with is actually Rondo. He's a minus 55 playing with Rondo. And the guys he has the highest plus minus with are the young guys. They've actually been way better for him. It's yeah. been, it's been the veterans. Um, there's roster composition problems. There's the problem of, you know, Luke's ability to coach him and to coach this team. Injuries have been a problem, but LeBron himself has been a problem. Who deserves what portion of the blame in LA? Well, I, look, if they were successful, who would we give all the credit to? LeBron. LeBron. So how can we not say it's not working, it hasn't worked, and, not, and, I, and I say this as a compliment. I mean, I believe, I believe from the beginning of the year. I didn't think they were going to be title contenders, but I thought that they would make it into the playoffs strictly on the presence of LeBron James that he would drag them there, that he would find a way to utilize those pieces around him. And it does not surprise me. I don't know that it's fair to say you know, he do, it, that, that he works better with veteran players and, uh, and make the comparison to what they've done with the younger players and use that Rondo as that example. Because Rondo is a guy that he needs to, he, he needs to be the director. He needs to be the operator. And LeBron needs to be the operator. I didn't always believe that necessarily, but from what I've seen this season, it's like, can he play a complementary role? Could he make enough room for let, to let Rondo 
operate and decide things and have LeBron play off the ball. And I said it from the beginning of the year, not thinking that it would really happen, but I thought that the, the best avenue for this team, and I may have said it to you before, the best avenue for this team would be if LeBron James focused his energy at the defensive end of the floor and set the tempo and the example there. Because I believe that with Rondo and the other pieces and what LeBron is capable of doing off the ball, that they would have enough offensively to get things done. But that what they really needed was that team to embrace the idea that if we're going to be good, Brandon Ingram, you've got to defend. Josh Hart, you've got to defend. Kyle Kuzma, you've got to defend. Like, that's where we have to accept the challenge. And nothing would have sold that more than LeBron James saying, I'm going to show you how, because I'm, I'm going to make that sacrifice. And it's been, it's been the opposite. And here's the other part. When he got hurt, he went, he went to Hollywood. You know, he fell off the face of the earth. He shows up at games with wine in his hands. Like, you, oh. don't, think they, you don't think they you see that? Many, you know how many... You know how executives, don't mean to interrupt you, but you know how many executives and people around the league have pointed that out like as an exemplar of you, you're preaching this team should be all about the right things and keep its focus on basketball, and you're walking into the arena with a glass of wine. Late. 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 It's... it's I, it's do what I say, not what I do. I'm sorry. The NBA doesn't work that way. I don't care how good you are. I, it's okay. So, um, I mean, Luke's going to lose his job, right? I mean, that's, that, that's, yeah. that's the first thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, oh, and I then if, if he doesn't lose it, I think he, I think he honestly, at this point he would walk. I really, I really think that Luke is, is done with this. Like he's been put in an impossible situation and he's taking slings and arrows that, look, the people that are close to him, that, that love him and want to see him successful and think that he's been done dirty by this situation, nobody is saying that he's perfect as a coach. Nobody's saying that he's the guy that went you know, undefeated through 24 games with the, with, with the Warriors, whatever the number was. It is, uh, but, but they do think that, he deserves way better than the position that he's been put in to. And the, I mean, I look I, between social media and being at Lakers games, the people that are blaming Luke for this team and this situation is, I look, well, happens, look, look, but, look, but there's, there, there's a, there's a bunch outrageous. to it though. Hold on. Let, let's start. Okay. Look, Palinka and, and magic have done a terrible job. Okay. Let's, let's just start with the Contavious Caldwell Pope, which Whatever they did last year for cap space, I think they thought that like he and Magic, he and LeBron were boys because they're both wrapped by clutch and they're they're not. So and Kadavius well, Caldwell Pope, he is not a he is not he is not a playoff caliber rotation player. He's cost okay. them games, cost them games, and he's not a smart player. And among the things that turn LeBron off a bunch, and look, we we will I will hold LeBron responsible for LeBron, but dude, when you when you're playing the Bucks and you're trying to keep alive for the playoffs and you can't turn throw the ball inbounds in the NBA, yeah. like yeah. I'm done. I'm done with you. I'm sorry. I'm done with you. Like I think Palenka 
Blink and Magic have done a, a bad job in terms of evaluating the roster. Heck, they, they go and get Tyson Chandler. Like Chandler was good for five games, but he's he's washed up. He's done. He's mm-hmm. a coach mm-hmm. now. He can't mm-hmm. can't play. They had mm-hmm. Brooke Lopez. They let him go. Like they made some they made some errors in judgment. LeBron is responsible, but so is Luke now. Luke has played some odd lineups and gotten exposed and not had a plan for up three. Do you foul? Do you not foul? Like some of the stuff is on Luke. I agree with you that it's it's a relatively impossible situation but i i don't think he was he was up to up to a legitimate fight even if he didn't think it was a fair fight okay fair enough but i i'm going to take what he did with this team when he had young guys and it was really his cuz this is the, this is something that everybody has to understand and i'm sure you know once you have lebron you are playing and i don't know what percentage you want to put it on with the lakers you're playing the lebron system Right. You're not making calls. LeBron is making calls. LeBron is deciding where they're going to go and what they're going to do. And you may make a call, but LeBron, half the time, if again, don't know the percentages, but a considerable amount of the time is going to veto it. And he's going to do something else. And you're going to let him go because, one, he's LeBron, and two, because you, you, for the most part you trust his vision. A lot of times he may be right. He sees something. You 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 embolden your players that are of that level to make those kind of decisions. I look at what Luke was able to do with this young team when it was just okay. Let me. I, here's are my pieces. This is how I'm going to make it work. So the part that I don't quite, it's just hard for me to put on his plate. Is I don't know how much of this is. They're doing exactly what he wanted them to do, or he didn't give them the necessary instruction, and how much of it is there's a confusion between what they were doing and now what LeBron decides that they should do in any given situation. I'm not blaming one or the other, but because of that confusion, I don't know how exactly how much of this to put on Luke's plate. Um, Adam Silver had a really, I I thought it was a fascinating discussion with um, uh, Bill Simmons okay. last 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 mm-hmm. Friday, I just thought like mm-hmm. you know like he's just so he, he's really incredibly bright and talking about. I mean, I watched the entire interview, which talked about you know how millennials they they watch TV show. This is the like the only scheduled TV show is live sports, but how yep. to how to get them to understand that hey seven eight o'clock at night that's when our games are. You can't move them like you can move anything else. Like, but the right. the, the the part that everybody's taking away is. The part where he said, hey, these guys are legitimately unhappy. And of course, you got the veteran guys like Charles Barkley, even Jalen Rose. Like, are you stop it with your legitimately unhappy? Um, When you hear it, you've been covering this league for 20 years. What do you think? Mm -hmm. that, That players are unhappy? Yes, that they're like legitimately unhappy, you know, because of whether it's social media, the pressures of their job the travel and, and he's like the sensitive commissioner. Like I understand their unhappiness and the rest of us yeah. are sitting there going like, don't, don't really get it. Um, uh, you know, what, what, what do you think when you hear him say that, that, Hey, like here's players that are legitimately unhappy. Yeah. Well, I think, I, I think it's true. And I think that any era that was subject to what's going on now would have the same feelings. You know, the old guys who want to say, Oh, they're just saw. And I heard, look, I was at the game last night. I was around some veteran players, some old-time players. That was what they were griping about. These guys are so soft. They don't play. They don't like – I mean, it just uh, – look, uh, if anybody coming up in this day and age 
you grew up wanting to play basketball. The game is not the most important thing anymore. The game, it's a, it's a transaction league, and it's a, at any given time, anything you do is going to be parsed and put out there and go viral, and that is going to define who you are. It really doesn't even matter whether you win or lose. It's, I mean, I, I, and look, I'm with Bleacher Report. We're as active on social media as anybody. The number of times I see a play go out, look at so-and-so, put, a, put this guy in a coffin, he, he body bagged and whatever, and I'm going, he lost by 20. Who cares? Like, right. the things that are celebrated and the things that are critiqued, a guy goes up and challenges a dunk and he gets dunked on, but his team wins and we don't, we don't illustrate everything else that that guy did in the course of the game to win the game. We just illustrate that he got dunked on. I'm like, how do you, if, if you are, if you play the game, like how do you live in that where you don't have any control over the image that is created and what people are saying about you? And by the way, they're saying all of it all of the time. I look unhappy. I mean, you still you get to play this game that you love and you're getting paid a ton and you have a great life. There's, I get where people will go, what do they have to be unhappy about? But the uncertainty of what you're doing and how you're being judged, I kind of get that. It's an unsettling place to be. And there's never been an era of, of professional basketball players that have had to exist in, in this kind of environment. So I'm real slow to hear the old guys going, these guys are just soft. It's, it's a little bit more than that. Great stuff from Rick Buecher, Bleacher Report. Of course, you can download uh, his pod. What's the, what's the pod with uh, you and Hollins called? Buecher and Friends. And uh, Ryan McDonough is on today's podcast, part one. We talked goats. I'll leave it at that. All right. I, lo- I love it. Download it and check it out. Thanks so much, Buke. Appreciate you joining us. You got it, Doug. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Traveling for one of the big conference tourneys in Nashville or Minneapolis this March? Do yourself a favor. Stay at Graduate Hotels, Bridgestone Arena, Target Center. Their hotels are close to both tournament venues. So why would you stay anywhere else? I love staying at the Nashville location, and I'll be at the Minneapolis location for the Big Ten Championship. And if you're one of my listeners, you can save 30% off with the promo code DOUG. That's DOUG, D-O-U-G. Good at any Graduate Hotels location, up to 30% off. How do you do it? Really simple. Book today at graduatehotels.com. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN.
This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. 